Recorded live.
Christ, I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word Where Sound Doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. He reigns.
process, the oneness process. How God is in the process of bringing you and I to a place of complete oneness in him. This is done, capital A, in our outline, through Christ, our faith in Christ, Romans 5 and 11, Philippians 4 and 13, capital B, sanctification, another major tool in oneness process, 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, Romans 15, 16, capital C, revelation. Got to have revelation. God is constantly giving us a little bit of revelation as we seek and as we search for Galatians 1, 12. 1 Corinthians 14 and 26. And capital D, today we've been looking at thoughts. Thoughts. And we understand that God has revealed to us that thoughts are communications from spirits. They're communications. You're not generating your thoughts. You're not thinking up anything. The Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. That means that everything has come from somewhere. What you are thinking, what I am thinking, has come from somewhere. Either the Holy Spirit or some demonic spirit somewhere. Thoughts, communications from spiritual realm. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. It brings us down. We're going to take a look briefly at Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8. From the New International Version, very simple scripture. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Once again, Isaiah chapter 58, 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Let us pray. The thoughts. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you and we bless you. We appreciate you, Father, for patience with your people as we are uh, striving to do the things that are pleasing in your sight. Uh, we appreciate that you have been patient with us, Father. We Pray, pray that we display that same patience toward one another. As none of us have obtained it all yet, none of us have been made perfect, but we are uh, striving diligently to grab hold of that for which Christ Jesus has grabbed a hold of us. Father, as we study this evening, we once again ask for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that we may better do your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Thank you, Father, in advance. We trust that you are going to speak from your storehouse of wisdom to bless your people here. This is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. Amen. We look at the book of Isaiah, and, you know, so many times you look at these Old Testament prophets, and, and, and uh, most times they would they would go through some of the same things. They'd have a message from God that normally – the people didn't want to hear, and the people would, uh, didn't really want to do what God said a lot of times, so they would launch out their attacks on the prophets of God. And Isaiah was one that was in this cycle of, of events. But um, he begins to, after sharing with the people how that God was going to chastise them and how he was going to punish them and different things he was going to do, uh, he talked about the restoration of Israel, the future glory of Zion, and, and chapter 55 deals with an invitation to the thirsty. Now, you want to understand that, that, that the prophet is not talking about those who are physically thirsty. And one of the things that God has in my mind right now is that we, we've got to keep in mind that uh, there are a lot of people that are thirsty. 
you know, we know that the, the days we're living in the last and evil days, and you know, many men and women will not endure sound doctrine. But God has got some people that are sincerely thirsty to hear the words of the true and living God. Because the thing you got to keep in mind that false doctrine can't carry you, but so far. Even though it may have you feeling real good, it's almost like trying to live off of uh, Snicker bars and trying to live off chocolate bars. You know, that stuff might be real sweet for for a while, but you're not going to make it very far off no chocolate bars and off no Snicker bars. They just don't have the nutritional value. In other words, they don't have what your body needs to grow and to develop and to sustain and to maintain itself. So it is with false doctrine. Oh, yeah, we might do a whole lot of hollering, a whole lot of kicking, you know, keep a whole lot of noise, you know, get ourselves all excited. But we're talking about we're talking about something that's not going to give our spirits what they need to combat the wiles of the devil. And we're not going to give our it's not going to give our spirits what they need to keep our families uh, uh, together. It's not going to give our spirits what they need to keep our young men and our young women out the streets. It's not it's not it's, it's no nutritional value, or very very little nutritional value. The Bible talks about how that. That meat is for the mature. Meat. God has got meat. See, understand with God's word, you got meat, you got milk, and then you got those who, who are presenting junk food. Junk food. We don't want any junk food. Give us either some milk or now that we are mature, we want some meat. So we look at this invitation to the thirsty, and we see that uh, the prophet is letting individuals know that God is putting out an invitation to those who are thirsty, even if they don't have any money. Look at verse 1. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. God is saying, look, I'm putting my word out there through my prophets, through my apostles, without charge. Now, these false prophets and false apostles, they're going to charge you for every little thing. They're going to make you pay. Look, the invitation from God is coming without come without money and without cause. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affairs. What do we understand? That You know, I remember the commercial, Lord, is flashing in my spirit. That Snickers really satisfies. That's what the commercials say. They tell you that and make you think that Snickers bar, you know, and Snickers bar is a good bar. Make no mistake about it. But if you gave me 100 Snickers bars to eat, I, I, I'd probably vomit, probably throw it up. Good, yeah, good, one, maybe two if you're really hungry. But after that, I want no more Snickers bars. I want no more Snickers bars for, for right then because it's not giving the body the nutritional value. What God is letting us to know is that his word will, will, our soul will delight. Now, our soul, the very essence who will understand that you, under the sound of my voice, are an eternal being. You were created to run on eternal words. God's words are eternal. The only thing that's going to really satisfy your soul is the words of the true and living God. You got some cars you can't put a, a regular gas in. You've got to put premium in. That's just the way they were built. You can certain cars you can't go up there talking about you're gonna put some regular regular gasoline. They, they were built for premium. Understand, child of God, under the sound of my voice, wherever you are, you are built for premium. You are built for premium words. 
Now you might can put you might can put some 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 lower level fuel in the car that's built for premium, but guess what? It's not gonna run what? It's not gonna run right. It's not gonna run well. Well, so it is with you and I. You might put some junk in, junk in your system, listen to some junk, listen to some nonsense, but you're not going to run right. You're not going to run up to that optimal level because you, child of God, you were built for premium. Your, the very essence of your being is crying out, whether you know it or not, is crying out for the words of the true and living God. That's why a lot of times people be trying to fill the voids in their life. There be voids. God has fixed us up with a void. And he's fixed us up with the only thing that's going to properly fill that void is him. Oh, man, we be trying all kinds of stuff. We be trying drugs. We be trying sex. We be trying rock and roll, clubs, activities, uh, adventures. All kind. But the, the only thing that's going to fill what is really missing in your soul and in my soul is the words of the true and living God. God built us up like that. God has built us up. Where the only thing that's really going to satisfy you, the only thing that's really going to delight you, the only thing, give ear, God says to me. Hear me, and your soul may live. Your soul, see, you might not know it, but your soul, is. you under the sound of my voice, your soul is crying out for the word of God. Oh, you think it meant go to the club. Your soul is crying out for the word of God. You thought it meant go get some cocaine and sniff it. Your soul is crying out for the word of God. You thought, oh, that was a, a craving for to get a fifth of Jack Daniels and drink it all down. Uh-uh. See, that stuff the adversary be telling us. God be saying, look, your soul is crying out for me. Your soul is crying out for the true and living God. You, 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 the adversary come tell you, oh, no, no, that ain't what it is. What you need is to get drunk. You need to get drunk. Uh, God be saying, your soul is crying out for me. The adversary be like, no, 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 that ain't, that ain't what it is. You need another boyfriend. You need another girlfriend. God be saying, your soul is crying out for me. The adversary be like, no, 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 you need, to, you, need to, you need to move. Your house is too little. This apartment too little. It's your neighbors. It's... God says, give ear to me in verse 3. Come to me, hear me, that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Well, why, God, want to make an everlasting covenant with us? Because you are everlasting beings. You will never cease to exist. I keep telling some of you all out there, you will never cease to exist. Ten billion years from now, you will still be running around somewhere. You. Now, if you're born again and you're saved and you're sanctified, you'll be with the Lord. If not, then you just be in hell. But you, you going to still exist. You cannot cease to exist. This is one of the reasons why God moved the tree of life. Once Adam and the woman had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God had to move the tree of life. Man had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and was now in a fallen state. He was in a state that was going to get old. He was in a state that was, going, that, was going, uh, that was separated from God. He was in a state that God wasn't pleased with. God said, let me move the tree of life lest he reach forth his hand and eat of it and have to live forever in that messed up state. God said, let me take this tree. Let me get this away from you because you, you don't realize what you've done. You've already eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a separation. You have death has now entered in. Now, if you reach forth and try to eat from the tree of life, what you will perpetuate is death. God let me move the tree. Let me move all this good stuff. I'll move this on up back on into the third heaven. You couldn't build a ladder high enough to get to it if you wanted to. That day when God... <laughs> you should be 
God is going to bring the holy city, the new Jerusalem, where the tree of life and the river of life and all this stuff is. You'll find it up around Revelation chapter 22. God's going to bring it right back down out of heaven. And you'll be able to eat free for eternal. Why? Because you're an everlasting being. We are ever let God has set eternity at work in us. My love, my faithful love, promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander of the people. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Watch this now, verse 6, and we're about to bring this thing to a close. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Now, God said, look, Robert, tell my people this. Wow, this is I'm hearing it all clearly on this. God says, even though you may be an eternal being, your chances to get to me are not eternal. Let me say that again. Even though you may be an eternal being, you and I, we are eternal beings, your chance to seek God are not eternal. Seek the Lord while he may be found. God said, you're going to live forever, but God said, you're not going to have the opportunity to seek me forever. You're going to live. You, you're going to be alive. You're all conscious. You're going to live. But, but you're not going to always have the opportunity to seek God. People in hell, they're existing, shall I say. They're existing, you know, but they can't seek God now. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Watch this. And the evil man his thoughts. Here we are, here we are right back. Thoughts. But what is it that makes an evil man an evil man? Evil thoughts. If you ever wonder why people do evil things, it's because they had evil thoughts. Plain and simple, children of God. We don't have to spend millions of dollars trying to figure out why jokers cut up everybody, went in the house, killed everybody, cut off everybody's skin, and start wearing it, wearing it like a hockey mask and hid all the bodies in the walls. We ain't got to try to figure out why you did all that, son. We don't have to try to figure that out. It's called evil thoughts that you acted upon. Very, very simple. There is no evil act that you and I have committed, will commit, or will ever commit that will not be preceded by evil thoughts. Evil. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Well, the wicked's way comes from the evil man's thoughts. That's the root. That's the rule. Now, share what you are earlier. That thoughts are communications from spirits. So when, when you see individuals performing evil deeds, it's because they have listened to evil spirits. Very, very simple, children of God. And we're going about to close out now. I'm not going to keep saying the same thing to you all. No. It's too easy to God. This thing is real, real plain. Now, let him turn to the Lord, and he or the Lord will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Now look at what God is offering. Look at what God, God is offering, eternal and everlasting covenant. What is God offering here? He's asking an everlasting covenant. He's offering his faithful love. He's offering that, that nations that we do not know will listen to us. You know, I, and I'm, I, the Lord is bringing something in my spirit now. We had uh, two Nigerian uh, young ladies that were listening to the broadcast 
uh, last night, and they contacted me today. And one of them contacted me, said, Apostle, we just want we we listened to your your worship service last night at the Christian Center, and we just enjoyed. As one of them said, I just enjoyed so much everything from the praise and the worship right on down to the message and, and just kept saying, you, you know, you, you have a great, great ministry, great man. I was like, you know, we give glory to God. But they were hearing. They were hearing. Half the world, half thousands and thousands of miles away. Nations. What the Bible say? Surely you will summon nations that you don't know, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you. Why? Because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. So one of the things we want to understand is that as we, we move closer to God and move deeper and, and, and delve and dive right into the things of God, there's a, God will endow us with, with splendor. God wants to endow us with certain things. He talked to the early saints about endowing them with power, for them to wait in, in Jerusalem until they were endowed with power. God will endow us with power. He will endow us with splendor. Now, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Lord said, that's, that's without Jesus. That's without the Holy Spirit. That's with obedience to my word. God said, when you're not listening to my word, when you're not thinking my word, my thoughts are very different from your thoughts. When you're not doing things like I told you to do them, God said your ways are very different. My ways are very different from your ways. See, we can get the thoughts of God. It's called the word of God. If you ever wonder what God is thinking, look at his word. Look at his word. That's what God is thinking. He's thinking what he said. You ever wonder what God is going to do? He's going to do what he said he's going to do. That's his way. So we can get the thoughts of God. We can get the ways of God. It's now open. This was written, the book of Isaiah was written up under the law. This was written before the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had, was now dwelling inside the hearts and minds of individuals. Now we can get the thoughts of God. We can get the ways of God. God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But God said what the Holy Spirit will do, now God is showing me this in the Spirit right now, what the Holy Spirit will do will take us with our crazy thoughts and crazy ways and crazy behavior, and God over here with his pure thoughts and pure ways and pure behavior, what the Holy Spirit will do is bridge the gap and bring our crazy thought thinking, crazy way doing, and bring us on over into the, 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 the good, pleasing and perfect thoughts, will, ways of God. It's the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to heaven without watering the earth and making it blood, blood, bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word. It goes out. From my mouth. It will not return empty. Now, look at this now. What are four things that rain and snow do before they go back to heaven? What? What do they do to the earth before they go back to heaven? They water the earth. One thing. What else? They cause the earth to bud and flourish. What else? Huh? 
cause the, the yield seeds. All right, now think about those four things and understand that those four things are symbolic of what God's word will do inside of you and me. First thing is what? Rain come down to heaven. All right, first of all, oh, we missed one. It does not return. The first thing that mentioned is that, well, first of all, as rain, God said, even go back further than that. As rain and snow come down from heaven. For God said, the first thing you need to understand about my word is that it comes down, what? From heaven. God's word is not coming from the gutter. God's word is not coming up from out of somebody's imagination. God's word is not coming from hell. God's word is coming down from heaven. The waters and the snow, rains and snow come down from heaven. God's word comes down from heaven. Look at it. Second thing, and do not return to it without watering. So the same way that the waters don't go back up to the heavens without first doing their job, God's word is not going to go back up to, go back up to heaven without doing his job. God's word is going to send everybody to hell that's supposed to go. God's word is going to save everybody that's supposed to be saved. God's word is going to bless everybody that's supposed to be blessed. God's word is going to curse everybody that's supposed to be cursed. God's word, same way the rains, snow, got stuff to do before it go back. God's word says I got stuff to do before I go back. God's word, just like the rains, will water the earth. All right, now we're getting into something. Water the earth. Well, what happens? The earth sometimes get dried out. Earth sometimes get parched. Water come in and, and, and give it needed nutrients. See. Makes it makes it workable. God's word will help give you and I spiritual nutrients and that, that we can be workable. And God's the water and the snow will make the earth bud and flourish. Well, God's word will make you and I bud and flourish. Prosper. We'll be able to prosper. We'll be able to, to uh, get some joy out of life. We'll be able to get some meaning out of life. Things will be coming up in us. God will be through his word, bud and flourish. That means stuff is popping up, stuff is growing. Visions will be popping up in you. Visions from God, visions for ministry, vision for will be popping up. Bud and flourish, bud and flourish. So that it yields seed. Uh-oh, uh-oh. God's work, the water that comes down, it, it, it allows seed to be produced. Well, God's word, as it comes down, it will allow, it'll, it'll fix it up so you got something to sow. It'll cause seed to, to come up in you. Seed, now seed is that which can be sown in order for a harvest. So you won't keep right on hollering, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing. God's word, that seed, if you ain't got nothing, that means you ain't been listening to God's word. Because God's word will cause seed to be produced. It'll be seed for the sower. Well, what is seed for? Seed is for sowing. See, some of you all think that seed is for eating. And that's why you keep right on running up with a lacking harvest. Seed is, is not for eating. Seed is for sowing first. Harvest is for eating. So if you keep right on eating your seed, that's why you never have a harvest. One of the things I'm saying, unless it's sunflower seed, well, you know, that's, 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 that's. but seed 
for the most part, what we're talking about. Seed is for sowing. Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you keep eating your seed, and so you can't get no harvest. Now you wonder why, why ain't no harvest? Why ain't no harvest? You ate your seed. The seed wasn't for that. The seed was for sowing. Seed, God is saying, I'm producing seed for the sower, not seed for the eater. Lord, I pray you open their eyes in the name of Jesus. Open, open blind eyes in the name of Jesus. You cannot eat your seed. That's not what it is. Oh, I'm hungry, Apostle. Yeah, you might have to be a little hungry. Wait for your harvest. Because I guarantee your harvest will be greater than your seed. You'll get more. But you keep eating your seed. Then you wonder why, how come I can't get no harvest? I can't, I can't get no harvest. I can't get, you, what did you do with them seeds? Oh, I ate them. Well, there it is. There's your answer. You're supposed to take in that and sowed it. Let me show you something about the widow of Zarephath. I'm going to show you a woman who got herself blessed, and we're going to close this thing on out. Go, I think, what, First Kings? Let me show you something about her. Lord is flashing this woman in my, in my mind. First Kings. First Kings seventeen. All right, watch this now. Now, Elijah, great prophet. God had been feeding him by ravens. And water the brook. Now, now God is dealing with me on that right there, and I've been I've been looking at this for almost thirty five years, and I'm just I'm just seeing something here on this. Before God used the widow at Zarephath, He used raven and a brook. Now, keep this in mind because what was happening here in 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 First Kings chapter seventeen, there was a three and a half year famine, drought. Stuff was drying up. People were dying. But Elijah, the prophet, the Bible says in verse 2, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here. <laughs> See, Leave here. Turn eastward. Hide in the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. Now, how in the world a brook is flowing in the middle of a three-and-a-half-year drought? is a miracle in and of itself. But what God is showing us here is the, the miraculous provision for his servant. He's trying, to, he's trying to teach us something here. That as you obey the word of God, what was it that positioned Elijah that his needs were met while the rest of the country and while the rest of the nation were, were suffering and starving? He listened to God. He went to where God told him to go. He went eastward and hid in the Kirith Ravine, east of the Jordan. He drank water, or he drank from the brook. And watch this. I have ordered the ravens to feed you there. Now, understand that during a, a drought, during a famine, everything suffer. Animals be suffering. People be suffering. Livestock, children, babies, everything be suffering. But here goes some ravens. That were because of their obedience to God, because you normally a raven ain't gonna just bring you no meat, and, and uh, you know raven ain't gonna do that. Ravens eat meat, but here is a raven 
that being obedient to God in the midst of a drought, said, look, what I'm going to do, I ain't going to eat this meat because God done commanded me to bring this meat to the man of God. But in that bringing of meat to the man of God, don't you know that raven got a piece? Don't you know he got something? One of the things he's saying, you know that raven. What's for? You say, Apostle, where, where, where are you going to get this from? Well, look at going down a little fast forward. Because then you're going to see God dry the brook up and tell Elijah to leave there. Look at verse 7. Sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Well, there had been no rain before. But the brook had water. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I've commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Now, remember, she was struggling like everybody else. She was going through difficult times like everybody else, but the Lord commanded her to supply the man of God. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you have a little water? Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. All right? Now, she was right. But what she didn't do was discern properly what she did have. And that's the mistake that some of us make when it comes down to the things of God and the gifts of God. We look at what we don't have. God be looking at what you do. She said, I don't have any bread. Was she right? Of course she was right. But listen to what she said. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Now, she was going to get some water, so obviously she had some water. Well, what does it take to make bread? Water, flour, and oil. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? You, sometimes we look at what we don't have as an excuse why not to do. But God be seeing what you do have. This woman said, look, I, I, I got, this is what I got, this is what I got, and this is what I got. As she was going to get it, he called, bring me a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour, a jar, a few a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home, make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home. Do as you said, but first, even in old covenant days, God's business came first. And for the lucky few or the select few, even today, that understand that, they don't be out. It's the ones that don't get that concept, that don't get that God come first. See, Elijah told us, say, look, do it like you say. Go ahead and do your thing like you, like you say you're going to do. But first, make a small cake of bread for me. Elijah said, look, I'm still back to that bread. <laughs> now, you, you, now I, you, you know, you wouldn't be asked to bring this bread by the man of God if you didn't have it to bring. The only thing you got to do is make the choice to bring it. What's limiting some of us is the choices that we've made. Oh, we got, we got what, 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 the, what the, man, the man is calling for to give. We're making the choice not to. We're talking about thoughts. 
She thought. We're still talking about thoughts. I'm like, Lord, look how you done tied this thing together. God said, I got it, Robert. You just follow me. We're still talking about thoughts. She thought she didn't have any bread. You're right in the state you're in. But you got everything that is needed. Just got to put a little effort with it. Mix it up. Mix it together real, real good. And take care of the ministry. Now, because that's another way we show that God is first. And bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. Now, what Elijah was saying to us, now look now, watch how things change for you when you get God's business and his servants first. Watch. Just watch. That's, that's all. Elijah, look, I ain't, trying to, I ain't trying to get all into what God's going to do. Not yet. You just first take that step of faith and take care of the business of God, take care of the service of God, take care of the work of God first. Then get you a little something, make something for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Now, now Elijah said, now I'm, getting ready, now I'm getting ready to let you in on one of the secrets of the kingdom. The jar of flour will not be used up. The jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Now, Elijah said, look, that particular promise will go with your obedience to put God's business first. Until you put God's business first, things will keep working out in the natural and in the terrible for you. Until God, God has fixed it up that way. You've got to take a step of faith. You've got to take a leap of faith. God, your thing come first. Your business come first. Church come first. Church is over family. Church is over marriage. Church is over mortgage. Church is over electric. Church is, church is first. Church first. That's all right. Then what I'm going to do, then I'm going to make sure that there are some supernatural provisions for you. I'm going to touch some hearts. I'm gonna if I got the God said, I just finished touching ravens. How many times you ever seen? How many, some of y'all, we don't seen ravens. How many times you don't seen ravens bring you a sandwich? How many times a raven ever come to you with a, a, a whopper? How many times Raven ever come to you with a, a, a T-bone steak? Meat in the morning, meat in the evening. God said, I just finished touching Ravens to bring you what you need. God said, now surely if I can touch Ravens to get them to bring you what you need, I can touch men and women. God said, I can touch anything I want. I could have had a horse and, horse and buggy coming up. But God says, first, seek ye the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added. Elijah said, let's get the order right. You got to say your house is out of order. You got you and your son first when it's got to be God and his business first. Because when God and his business is first, you and your son will be taken care of. In other words, when we take care of the kingdom, God will supernaturally see to it that we are taken care of. God will do whatever he got to do. Because God said, look, I can't break my word, Robert. God said, that I can't do. God said, you can lie, and you have told some doozies. But God said, I can't do that. Now, I have told you to seek ye first the kingdom of God. God says, in all my righteousness, and God said, all these things shall. God said, if the... If you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and the things don't get added to you, God say, I'm a liar. And I'm a liar. I'm just a liar. I'm just a big, fat liar. God said, Rob, you know I don't do that. I know, Lord. So what we got to be convinced of is to go ahead on and do what God has told us to do. Then we'll see. 
Some of us want to see God do his thing before we do our thing. God be saying, look, don't worry about my thing. God said, I'm going to do my thing. You do yours. You do yours. I want to see God. I want him to show me first. I want God be saying, huh, huh. You show me first. Elijah said, first, you go ahead on and you get that, uh, Back to that bread again. The Lord knows, Elijah. I mean, Elijah, I've been on this bread for a minute, and you keep trying to come up with reasons not to bring me this bread. Elijah said, bring this bread, and I'm telling you what God is going to do. Bring me this bread, something for you, something for your son, and God says, I'm telling you what God will do. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah. And for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. To my thoughts. Her thought process had to change. God says, some of them under the sound of your voice, Robert, the thought process has got to change. God is not trying to set you up to kill you. God is trying to set you up that you might live and that you might have life more abundantly. This woman of God, this widow of Zarephath, by following the, 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 the prophet's words, not only did she not die, but she had life more abundant. All of a sudden, she had a pot that just wouldn't get rid of oil. I mean, she pouring out oil, cooking all kinds of stuff, doing all kinds of things, put it over there on the side, and it's full again. Go to sleep, wake up, it's full again. Just made breakfast for everybody, look over, it's full again. And the jug, what was it? The oil and the flour did not run out. Now, what would you do if you had a jug that just wouldn't run out of oil and just the flour just wouldn't just wouldn't run out of flour? Oh man, you calling your friends, you calling your family. Some of y'all understand my boys, you'd have an oil and flour business. Boy, you'd be selling oil and flour like a mug. You know you somebody, but we don't see that in the script. All right, so thoughts. So what is it God wants to do? He wants, part of the oneness process is changing our thought process. Part of the oneness process, a major part of the oneness process is changing our thought process. You can't move further with God until you start thinking further with God. Thinking, thinking, thinking. God says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God says, I know this is, is not the easiest thing for you, but change your mind. Sometimes, see, walking by faith is almost like somebody telling you, all right, you can't use your right hand no more. Now I'm saying you've got to use your left hand. Man, some of y'all couldn't even brush your teeth right. Couldn't even eat, man. Be sticking a fork all inside of your mouth. Why? Because I ain't used to using my left hand. Well, some of you all understand my voice. You're not used to walking by faith. And so that's why, you know, it'd be difficult. It'd be difficult, man. It'd be difficult to be trusting God when I feel like I'm the one been making it happen all these years. I feel like I'm the one that been, I feel like I got the, I got the, God be saying it first of all, it ain't you no way. (laughs) You already twisted up. If you feel like you're the one that's making anything happen, you already got it twisted. Walking by faith, when you used to walking by, by sight, is like, like somebody telling you, all right, uh, you know, can't use your right hand no more for those that are right-handed. Got to use your opposite hand. Or telling somebody, all right, you can't use your eyes no more. And you still got to get up and do everything you be doing. Let somebody blindfold you and tell you you got to go a full day. Stuff you do easily 
with your eyes. Let somebody tell you you can't use your eyes today. You see what kind of clown show you have going. <laughs> Falling all down the stairs, man. Can't drive nowhere. You can't make the whole lot of stuff change without no eyes. Well, see, God, it, that's what walking by faith feels like to a lot of you. And that's why a lot of you won't do it. You won't do it. Because it feels real funny. Lord had to tell me two times to quit my natural job. Two times. Because that just sounded, it sounded crazy. Now, this, I'm just going to sound crazy. I was like, Lord, you know, I got bills. I got, I got you know. I got stuff that tell Mr. Brinson. I remember his words just like it was yesterday. And we up around 15, 20 years. Tell Mr. Brinson, you will not be working at North Lenore this year. I remember just clear, just as clear as I'm talking to y'all. Now what I'm going to do? Oh, Lord, I ain't going to get beat to death. Just get beat right down. It felt real. But now. I look at what God has done. I look at the doors God done opened. I'm pretty sure I done been in a whole, whole lot more countries and many different places around the world with this gospel than I would have been if I'd have kept right on uh, teaching in high school. So God will never ask you to give up something that he doesn't have something better in store for you. This woman, watch this now. now I got to go back. Well, well, yeah, first, what? What? Lord, keep flashing something. First Kings 17. This woman gave up. Look at what she gave up now. She had a handful of flour. She traded that in for flour that didn't never run out. Huh? Are we talking right? She had a, a, a jug, a little oil in a jug. She handed that, she turned that in for jug that didn't never run out. She was, had one little meal that was going to be for her and her son, then she was looking to die. She, she, she gave that up to the Lord and ended up with uh, eating, 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 and her son lived. One of the saints is saying more than love. Choice is yours. Some of y'all out there keep, I don't make any choice to go with a little bit you got. Or you turn that on over to God and watch God who make things grow. We went over that earlier today. One may plant, another may water, but it's God that makes things grow. Elijah won't the one that made all that, all, all that happen. God. But she had to take a leap of faith. She had to let go of something that was dear to her. She put her life and her little son's life in jeopardy. But she did it at the command and in obedience to the word of God. And both of them lived. Both of them lived. And lived in abundance. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again for everything you shared with us, Father. We thank you for your revelation that brings inspiration and illumination. We pray, Father, that the preaching and teaching of your word that your people have been blessed in the four corners of the earth. May your word continue to go forth, touch hearts, uh, convict and convert, and bring us to a place of oneness in you, that your name may be glorified, exalted, and praised. This is our prayer in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let God's people say amen. Um, three questions, children of God. Let's get a little something here. Uh, uh, explain what the, the widow of Zarephath gave up and explain what she got. Explain what she gave up. Explain what she got. Question two. In Isaiah, God talked about how our thoughts and ways were not like his. Uh, how is it our thoughts and ways can be like his? 
And number three, even though we are everlasting beings, our chance to seek the Lord is not everlasting. What does that mean? Even though we are everlasting beings, our chance to seek the Lord is not everlasting. What does that mean? Check out our website at www.artchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on Talk Show Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 and 7 p.m. daily. Talk Show call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, Chaplain Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christmas Art Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donation should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talk show homepage. God bless you and heaven smell you in Jesus' name. Amen.